Welcome back to the Fully Express podcast, where we explore what it means to live your most fully expressed life. My name is Christina Roland, and I am your host. And this is a podcast episode that was recorded a little while back. If you've listened to my very first episode, you can hear more details about my journey, how I started and stopped recording this podcast for a while and then started up again, how it's evolved and how I've evolved and all the things. But that said, even though this podcast started to take a different direction, I still think that the episodes that I recorded in the very beginning are such valuable conversations with such incredible humans who have beautiful things to say and that we can all learn from. So I still wanted y'all to hear this, these podcast episodes, even though they're slightly different direction than where I am going now, um, because I think there's so much value. There's so much value in it. So that said, enjoy the episode. Send me your feedback. Let me know what y'all think. Listen to the other episodes as well. And I just hope that you go into this with an open mind and open heart and that you receive some kind of love for yourself through this episode and that you are inspired to live your most fully expressed life. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. My name is Christina Roland. I'm your host, and I am joined today by the incredible Noelle Mejia. Noelle is a health and nutrition coach, and I have had the pleasure of spending some time with her both virtually and in person. And she is just such a light in this world. She is deep in this work, and she uh, what I love about what she does is that she takes health and nutrition to such an, a different level where she looks at the entirety of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish in your life, both physically and mentally and emotionally and all the things. And it's just such a beautiful, holistic look at the person. And she is deep in this work. And I'm so excited to have this conversation with her today and for y'all to get to know her. Welcome, Noelle. Hi, Christina. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for that intro. That was really amazing and beautiful to hear. Um, yeah. So should Tell I just... a little bit about yourself? Yeah, yeah. Let's go right into it. Okay, let's go let's right go into right... it. Okay. So my name is Noelle. And like Christina said, I'm a health and nutrition coach. And we're actually speaking at a very unique time right now because I'm in a really big period of transition. And I have spent several years, the past seven or eight years, I've been bopping around in the health and wellness field in small businesses, particularly. And most recently, I joined my sister's team in a company called Fit and Thick, which was a fitness movement. Um, a body positive fitness movement in Miami. And we did uh, physical classes. We did nationwide tours. We had a mobile app and it was really a community of like-minded women coming together to address not only what they wanted to achieve physically about their bodies, but learning to accept themselves in the process and learning to love themselves in the process. And that was a really beautiful experience because we built an amazing community of women. And from there, we actually transitioned into partnering together to work on a project called Lully. And this is more, while Fit and Thick was more of the physical aspect, Lully was more of the emotional and mental aspect. 
and more so lifestyle. It also included food, nutrition, personal development, and but did much of the same things. We co connected with the community, we had an app, and just continued to foster that like self-love and personal growth through that channel. And like I said, I am in a deep period of transition right now. And in the past six months, um, really in the past year, like 2020 put a lot of things in perspective for me. And just this upcoming year, this, I'm sorry, this past year, 2021, I realized that there was something inside me that was calling me. And while it might've been calling for a while, this was the year that I decided to listen to it. And it told me that it wanted to do something else. It wanted something more. It wanted something different. And I decided to trust that <laughs> before we started recording, we were talking about trust and <laughs> yeah, this is kind of how trust has been manifesting in my life is that I have just decided to listen to that voice and to trust that voice. And over the past two months, I've actually gone from essentially not knowing what I wanted to do next to having a full coaching practice where I am teaching women to um, heal their bodies, heal their minds holistically through the use of nutrition as their main tool, as well as other lifestyle interventions and habit building, consistency. Um, and that's been really rewarding for me because like I said, there was like this calling for me to wanna do that. And I feel for the first time in my life, like I'm really stepping into what I should be doing in the fullest expression. So that's a little bit about me. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, yeah, I love that you actually acknowledged that this voice telling you to do something different actually may have been calling you for a while. And you kind of, you didn't say this, but it, I hear implied that you kind of maybe ignored it or didn't let it speak louder <laughs> or whatever, yeah. however you want to say it. But that this year for the first time, you decided to listen and to mm. trust that voice and that you're really stepping into uh, what you should be doing or what you feel you should be doing at its fullest expression. What, um, I know you mentioned like, you know, of course, 2020 was a big factor in it, but what other lessons and, and breakthroughs did you have to have in order to allow yourself to trust and listen to that voice? Mm, I think it was, first of all, I don't think there was one particular thing. I think it was a culmination of many moments, many tools, many experiences, but I really think that it was, it felt very much to me like the wearing down of a stone almost. Mm. It was like you said, I wasn't really listening to that voice. I was stifling it. I was trying to cover it up. I was trying to uh, rationalize. I should want to be doing this. I'm in a good place. I'm in a good company. I'm doing this and this should make me happy. And meanwhile, there was like this little voice. And I think that it was just kind of the wearing down of that stone little by little. And the more that I checked in and the more that I 
practiced really like getting into my body and listening to what it was saying, the more, the louder it got, right? Like the more you listen, the louder it gets. And it was just the practice of listening to that. And then eventually when I heard it loud and clear almost, I was like, okay, let's do this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love that you said the more you listen, the louder it gets. I think that that's such a beautiful way to sum up so much of like, <clears throat> excuse me, a beautiful way to sum up so much of the way that it goes both physically and emotionally. Like the more you actually listen to what your body needs nutritionally, and the more that you listen to what your body and spirit and mind need emotionally and mentally, the better you know how to feed yourself both spiritually and physically, right? Like you actually get to learn and hear and listen to your body. Mm. Um, I also heard you talk about, you know, this should make me happy. I should feel great doing this. And I think that that's so beautiful that you're able to see that because, you know, I think that most people looking at, for, for those who don't know you or haven't been following you for a while, like, I think it's easy to look at someone like you and your sister who are creating this company that it has such a great following and people are so invested in and is doing such amazing, such amazing work. And to look at you from the outside and be like, oh, she's living the life and she must have it all. And she must be so happy. This is her path. This is her career. This is like, this is amazing. Like, wish I could be doing that. And yet there's still this feeling of, wow, like I should be happy, but I'm not. Mm. And I think that it's beautiful that you could actually say that and admit that because not everything is right for every, every person. Right. And you had to listen to this call of like, what is it without the shoulds that you want to be doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it made it really difficult for that exact reason. It was an amazing mission. And I, even now I've decided to kind of go on my own and my sister is taking the company in a new direction and I still believe in it wholeheartedly and it made it really foggy. That's part of what made the decision yeah. so foggy is because I'm like, this is amazing. I know my purpose is to help people and to empower people to help themselves. And that's what I'm doing. And people are telling me that this company and what we're doing changed their lives. And like, why isn't this filling me up? You know? So it made it really difficult to be like, okay, but even though helping people and empowering people to heal themselves is my mission or my purpose, is this the right vehicle for me to do that? Mm. You know? Absolutely. I think that's so cool. I think that's so cool. Mm. Um, what had you able to realize that your purpose is to empower people and empower them to heal themselves? You know, I have always really enjoyed medicine and healing. And my grandma always 
from an early age, she was convinced that I was going to go to Harvard and I was going to be a medical doctor and I was going to do all of these things. I never ended up doing it, grandma. I'm sorry. But the truth, (laughs) the truth is that there was something there in me that has always loved to heal and to be that piece of the puzzle that knows. I think I, I don't, not sure if you believe in past lives and all of that, but there is something in me that has always really loved to learn and to, um, I'm just like an, an avid learner, lifelong learner. And I love to have the knowledge of how things work and then how to remedy things. So there was kind of that calling in me and I got really into holistic health and became a little bit of a purist actually, where I went vegan. I thought that animal products weren't the way. I was like all into Eastern medicine and kind of shunned Western medicine. And because I found once you discover like the healing of Eastern medicine and natural foods and natural remedies, you're like, what the heck is going on here? (laughs) And so that was kind of my journey through that. And I could see like, you know, if you have acid reflux, you can do this, you can do apple cider vinegar, you could do lemon juice. If you have, you know, this, you can use this essential oil. And I felt so empowered by that because I was so used to antibiotics and those kinds of Western methods. And so that was like how my love for healing really um, spawned, I think. And then through actually working with my sister in her first company, which was Fit and Thick, we had certain programs. And like I said, we did um, nationwide tours where we would meet people in person and either host workout classes or take them through some kind of a curriculum, whether it be nutrition or personal development work. And the way that I think watching her tell her story and seeing people be so moved and willing to make changes in their own lives just by hearing her story or just by participating in the content that we had planned for them, radically shifting people's lives. I remember there were women who we would see them in on one end of the country, like in LA. And then a year later, we would see them when we went to New York and we would be like, oh my God, you know, like Ashley. And she would be like, yeah, I, after the event in LA, I quit my job and moved across the country and enrolled in this school to do this thing because I just felt so motivated to change my life and do what I wanted to do. And that, I just remember those moments as like, people are, we're all just kind of like waiting in the wing for permission Mm -hmm. to like do what we want to do, right? That's exactly the word that came to my brain. (laughs) Yes, yes. Same wavelength. And that's what it is. It's kind and then, you know, that's that's kind of the origin story, but it just goes more deeply in nutrition. And, you know, when I see people and I'm talking to them and they're telling me their their pain points or what they want to achieve. And I ask them, like, what do you think you need? And the internal knowledge that they have to know what they need, but they just need the permission to do it. You know, like one, one woman told me I need more love for my body, what I'm putting in my body. And also just like my mental, I need more love. And it was like her permission slip to give herself more love. 
because we have incredible expectations of ourselves. And it's like, we almost need permission to either rest or to give ourselves what we need or to do what we want to do and forego all the expectations of what other people want us to do or what we think that we should want to do. You know, like in the example of me thinking that I should be happy in this career and in this company and just breaking out of that and giving permission to be something more and do something more. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. Yeah. I, I totally relate to that. I myself have waited in the wings for permission. I experience it with my clients all the time, with friends all the time. I think it's so powerful that, um, you know, that you're able to give people that space in order to, um, like I hear that you're not even, it's not even that you, your, you yourself are giving them permission, but it's that you're creating a space for them to show up and give themselves permission, mm. which is even more powerful, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh yeah. Super yeah. Cool. Yeah. And that's, that is the thing that really gets me going is that mm. in my journey you know, and I'm just actually kind of making these connections as I'm talking to you and talking about this almost for the first time from a bird's eye view. But I had to really learn my voice. I had to learn because we're not taught and conditioned to hear our own voice sometimes. Mm -hmm. And through the work that I've done this past year, it's been a major thing that I worked on in therapy this year is my therapist likes to say, learning the language of your, of your soul. And that's really what it is. She, she always like, I'll ask her a question. I'll be like, what do I do? And she's like, what do you think you should do? And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she'll be like, put your hand on your heart. And what does it say? You know? And yeah. it's so frustrating, but it really is so <laughs> powerful because we have this intelligence, you know, we have this knowing deep inside us, what we should do and what, what we want to do what our souls want to do and, or what our bodies need to heal. And I think it's, it's just like for me to have that experience and to learn to listen to my own voice and make such a radical shift in my own life, which literally felt like the end of the world, you know, when I was making it, um, for people to feel empowered, to make those decisions in their own life, you know, and to give them the space, like you said, to, give themselves permission and to tap into that own voice that I know that they have is just so powerful and so rewarding. And to see that light bulb moment in someone's face when they're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You know? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, speaking of, you know, li listening to your own voice, letting go of other people's shoulds or like, like outside shoulds and uh, listening to your own wants. Um, I want to take a second and go back to your journey with veganism, because I know that that has been a big part of your journey and that transition both to veganism back away from veganism. And because I hear that like 
there is a should even around that, right? Like that once you make a choice to be vegan, it's like, you can never go back. <laughs> and, <Yep. there's> like, <laughs> and that like, once you've learned about all the Eastern medicine and the food and all the things that you were talking about, that's like, you can never do anything else. Um, so I would love to hear a little bit more about your journey and the permission that you had to give yourself to choose something different. Mm, yeah, it's so interesting, the dogma that surrounds veganism and other things. It's I'm always, after going through that, I'm always kind of skeptical when people call themselves anything, anything at all. Yeah. Like, you know, even like Democrat or yes. Republican, I'm like, what are you hiding from, you know? Yeah. But, but it's really, it was a really interesting time in my life because I was already on my health and nutrition journey and someone exposed me to, I think it was What the Health was the documentary that I watched. And from there, I watched all the documentaries and read all of the books. And I really believed at that time that this was the right thing to do for human health, for animals, for the planet, all of that. And there is a, like I said, a dogma around this community. And it is almost like once you step into it and you accept it and you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you have the shackles on and you can't yeah. get out. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm, this was my experience with the vegan community. Of course, I found it to be uh, pretty, uh, righteous, like self-righteous mm -hmm. and very extreme. And I would watch people uh, go in and out, like people that were in the community. There were a couple of high profile social media um, personalities who like got caught eating fish or eating meat or something. And the way that the community kind of um, attacked them mm. was a really big red flag for me to be like, okay, but that is not taking into account anything about that person's life you're just slapping a label on them and then as soon as they decide that they want or as soon as they're listening to themselves and they want to try something else you know you're ridiculing them and attacking them and that felt weird to me and then personally I after maybe two and a half years I and to be honest I was vegan, but I did have every once in a while, I would have something with egg in it, or I would have something that had cheese in it, but I never bought any animal products or 99.9% .9 of the time I was vegan. But even when my body started to crave it, my body was like, okay, I want eggs, or I would really like a burger right now. You know, I would like some red meat. I felt really guilty about that. And there came this shame and this guilt surrounding my, my voice. And I actually think that that's kind of how I maybe conditioned myself a little bit to stifle that voice and to not listen to it. And even when I started incorporating eggs, I incorporated eggs for my last year of vegetarianism. And I was guilty about it. I would eat the eggs really fast. I would like try to just get it done with, you know, I would, um, 
even like in the grocery store, I would pick them up from the shelf and put them in my cart really fast. Like as if it was this thing that like, I wasn't really making peace with, you know? Mm. So it was a journey to kind of accept the fact that I wanted to do something different and that I was going to listen to that voice and that I was actually going to reject the dogma. And I was going to say loud and loud and clear for myself, like, no, this isn't the best thing for me, you know? And that was difficult to do because like I said, the community is so strong and I believe that they have the best intentions for the most part and keeping the environment and keeping human health front of mind, I think is important. Um, but that, you know, you can't ignore bio-individuality and you can't ignore what the body wants and needs sometimes. And that's, that might be a whole nother conversation, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I, um, really, I found it so interesting what you said about shaming and guilting yourself around your voice and that you kind of conditioned yourself to stifle it. Um, and then also what you said about, you can't ignore bio-individuality, but yet I think so many people do, right? And it's not even just bio-individuality when it comes to health and nutrition, but even individuality as like a person with emotional needs that differ day to day, moment to moment, and are different from someone else and who wants something different than someone else. Like we always try to slap on some kind of like universal code mm. for everyone, for everything. And it's mm. just like, it, it really leaves us feeling like disempowered, like, oh, I should be happy. Like you're talking about, like, I should want this. I should be doing this thing. And yet I feel something completely different, a pull towards something different and I can't mm. follow it. Right. Um, really, really powerful. Yeah. How do you, how do you connect to that voice inside? How do you listen? What are your methods for listening? Yeah. Um, I, I would say that I'm very in tune with it because I've trained myself to be as a coach. Um, and I still have to be very intentional. Like sometimes I notice myself, uh, distracting myself on purpose because I am so tired of listening mm. to the voice, you know? So I have to give it like intentional space. Um, otherwise I know that it just doesn't work out well for me. Mm. Um, so generally like my mornings are pretty sacred for me. I take time to, you know, not listen to anything like music or not, like just have as much silence as I possibly can. Um, and generally some kind of movement, whether it's like five minutes of stretching or if it's going to a workout class, whatever. Um, but then I try to make time to journal. I do, um, like, gratitude, self-love and worthiness. Um, and then if anything else flows from there, I let, I just let it flow. Mm. Um, and then actually something that, um, really started in the past, like six months or so, as I've been re-exploring my relationship to God and spirit after I was angry at God for years after my mom died, um, mm. and really ignored that part of me and part of my life. Um, but I've really reconnected to spirit in the last year. 
And so something that I do pretty regularly is I like go out on the balcony and if I can't, I'll just do it inside. But, <laughs> but I like to be out on the balcony and um, put on some music. And there are a few particular songs that really make me feel connected to spirit. Mm. And I'll stand out there and I'll like close my eyes and open my arms and like sort of dance and sing at the same time. Just kind of like really like let myself feel my body, feel my spirit move and um, whatever comes on my heart and like kind of pray a little bit, but not in a formal way, just a very like, let it, mm. let it go kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, like, I mean, my coach and therapist are also vital to me. Um, and I definitely, and conversations like this too, like with people who are in this work, like you said, I'm kind of processing this as we're talking about it. And it's the same thing for me, right? Like yeah. the more I talk about it out loud, the more I'm like, oh, there's that thing. Like, <laughs> like that's why I was so upset a couple of days ago. Uh, okay. I see it, you know? Um, and even as silly as it sounds like posting on Instagram actually helps me process things. It's almost like a journal for me. Yes. Um, like creating a caption, creating a story. It's like, Oh, like, here's what I'm feeling. Or here's what I was feeling throughout my day to day when I took this picture or something. It's mm. like kind of a way for me to reflect on what's been going on through my, through my day. So yeah. And what about really you? Good. You're really oh, good at that you. too. The <laughs> captioning and all of that. I always <laughs> learn so much from your posts. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But yeah, I think that so much of what you said is so powerful. And I think that, you know, People want to have the answers and they want to just be able to listen already. And they just want to be able to connect already. And like, what do I need to do? What do I need to buy? What do I need to like take? And I think that what you said is so important because those things that you do in the morning, which I do too, and I think that they are so important and connective, they're all free. And they're all things that people can just take up as a practice, you know, like journaling, getting your thoughts out on paper does so well for processing and getting fears out. And I love that you do worthiness practice and self-love practice. That's amazing. Just like practicing, saying good things about yourself, moving your body. There's so much pent up energy in your body and I, before I was in the health and wellness space, I was in the corporate world actually. And Same. I spent yeah, <laughs> girl, and you know, spending 10 hours at a desk in front of a computer with like maybe a, maybe a lunch break, but yeah. we really conditioned ourselves to sit there and not do anything. And now I can't go two hours without getting up and walking around, oh, same. But, <laughs> you know, but just like connecting to your body. And I love the practice that you do with the songs on the balcony and just letting your body just move organically. And I think that that's such a power, powerful practice because you're saying with your body what maybe your heart doesn't have the words to say, you know, mm -hmm. you're expressing through movement and you're letting, and even, you know, before we got out on this call, I was like, I'm so nervous. And I was like shaking my body. And, like, <laughs> and that's, you know, sometimes it's needed because there's stuff in here that we don't have the words to say, or we have, maybe we haven't processed and using your body to get out that energy is so vital to listening to it, you know? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I was talking to someone the other day and we were talking about how, um, your body really gives you all the information that you need. Mm. And if you don't listen to it, you won't know what it is. <laughs>
right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love um, what it is that you do with people because I'm constantly telling my clients that well-being is really the foundation for everything, mm. right? Like if your well-being is off, if you haven't gotten enough sleep, if your body's feeling like crap, like you are just not going to be able to take on anything else. Like mm -hmm. that will be the thing that is at the forefront of mm -hmm. your being. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize, like, as you said, that the things that they can do for themselves are free. Like mm -hmm. they, they can absolutely change it right there. And then, um, so what are some of the things that you use with your clients to incorporate, um, that sense of like overall, uh, wellness, like mentally, emotionally, um, when you're working with people on their health and nutrition? Mm. Yeah. I think that the, one of the foundational principles that I like to put into practice is that there's nothing wrong with your body. And many people come to me with, uh, usually a pain point, right? You wouldn't be in the chat with me without a pain point, mostly wanting to lose weight, wanting to gain consistency, sometimes gut and hormonal issues or regulation. And often, especially with those things like uh, wanting to lose body fat, hormonal issues and gut issues, there's this sense, sense that something is wrong with the body. And in the same vein of what we're talking about, like, if you just listen to it, it will tell you what it needs, but it's only acting the way that it's acting or presenting the problems, the perceived problems that it's presenting because something's off and it's trying to communicate with you. It's trying to tell you something. So this is data. I'm a big data person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I love the science of things too. And my sister, my oldest sister is actually a science teacher and she likes to instill in her kids that we're all scientists. And I love that because we're always taking information and using that on our next experiment, right? In any area of life. And it's the same thing. If your body is telling you something, if you have an inflamed gut or if you have really painful periods, or if you are um, not eating that much, but you're, you have a lot of belly fat, that's a sign. It's a communication. So first and foremost, I like to just start with the foundation that nothing is really wrong with the body, that this is data and let's use this as data to move forward and listen to it and then align your behaviors and your habits and you, your nutrition with those answers that it's giving you. Mm, I love that so much. <laughs> I heard that, you know, body problems, quote unquote, are really just communications and data points. Mm. And I love how that just strips away the judgment and shame that so many of us put on our bodies, whether it's how they look or how they function. I feel mm. like there is so much shame around it, right? Like, people are like, Oh yeah. Like I have this extra weight. Like this is so shameful. Or like, I know for me when like I was experiencing the worst parts of like my body pain and joint pain in my hands and things like that, and couldn't open a bottle. Like mm. I had to ask someone to do it for me. There was shame in that for me. I'm like, why is my body not functioning? Like what, what's wrong with me? What's going on? Mm. And I love that you're taking away this, this 
uh, judgment and shame from it because it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean something's wrong with your spirit and who you are. Just like you said, it's your body communicating to you that it just needs something different and it needs you to change something. That's super cool. Exactly. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. And that shame is crippling Mm. that shame and that guilt is it's like a stopping point. It's like a roadblock. It's like a dam, you know, and the energy can't flow if you are feeling shameful about where the water's going, right? Like You need to unblock the dam and just let it flow where it needs to flow. Uh, Yes. (laughs) I'm writing that down. (laughs) The energy can't flow if you're shamed about where it's going. That's so good. (laughs) So good. Um, how has shame prevented you from being fully expressed and how have you gotten over that? Mm. Yeah. Gosh, I, okay. Something like immediately came to my, my head and it's really, really personal And I wasn't planning on sharing this and I don't even know if this is the proper like thing that you wanted to talk about, but I, um, I have a lot of experience with shame and with guilt and I, So several years ago, I, when I was actually like in high school, I got pregnant and I decided to not keep the baby. And that was something that at the time, I just thought it to be a decision. I just thought it to be something that I needed to do. I wasn't ready to have a child. I was 17. I um, had a lot going on. My family was in a serious state of transition and it wasn't the right thing. And I just kind of made the decision, moved on. And it wasn't until the past two and a half years that that decision has come back up almost 10 years later. And I've been working with it a lot because what I didn't realize is that I had an immense amount of shame and guilt around that. And shame and guilt can come up for so many reasons, but there, this is one of the main veins of my shame and guilt because I was living with this belief that I did something bad. I did something bad and therefore I didn't deserve to be happy. I didn't deserve to be in a relationship that, um, with someone that loved me and was committed to me. Um, I didn't deserve to have money. I mean, it like it spawned into all areas of life, this shame from this bad thing that I did. And, um, I've been working with that a lot, but I, I carried it with me through my entire life without even knowing. I mean, and when I tell you, I didn't process that decision at all. I didn't even cry about it. 
until it came up again eight years later and I started to process and I realized all the areas, you know, I had gone from toxic relationship to toxic relationship to emotionally unavailable man. And I was like, well, what's, you know, what's, what's up? What's wrong with me? Like I keep attracting these emotional, emotionally unavailable people. And then I realized that it was because I was emotionally unavailable Mm -hmm. because I didn't believe myself worthy to have an experience with someone who was committed to me and loved me. And I wasn't ready to be committed and loving to someone because I didn't have that same love for myself. Mm. So yeah, shame is very, it's very familiar to me. And um, it's been slowly unraveling of, you know, like unraveling the braid of that experience and all of the areas that it's kind of infiltrated in my life. And it's also another reason that I feel so, um, I guess, impassioned by helping people to remove that shame. Because if I were to, like, for example, if my best friend in the world had had that same experience, I would be so loving and compassionate towards her. And I would help her realize that that's not, you know, she did what she needed to do. It was a decision that she made. And she's going to, again, use that as data moving forward, maybe, maybe make a different decision in the future. And, um, just having that compassion for myself and helping other people to remove that shame and guilt feels very close to my heart because that was an experience that was very difficult. And I've never talked about it publicly, truthfully. So (laughs) I feel a little tender actually, (laughs) but yeah, that's, that's my truth. Wow. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's, thank you so much for being so vulnerable. Um, Wow. What a um, powerful, powerful thing to share, because I know that I'm sure that there will be women listening to this who have gone through something similar and if not the same type of event, um, definitely that same feeling of like, not even knowing where this underlying shame is coming from, right. Or like this, this inability to process something or, um, not giving yourself permission to process something that was so huge because Mm -hmm. there is that, um, underlying shame there. Mm -hmm. And, um, what came up for me also was, I, you know, Brene Brown does a lot of work around shame and I might be butchering this, but I'm pretty sure that her distinction between like guilt and shame is that guilt is, um, I did something bad and shame is I am bad. Mm. And so I heard what you said is like, yeah, you felt like it was almost this story of like, I did something bad became, I am bad. And therefore Mm. I don't deserve the happiness, the good relationship, the money, the success, all of the things and how powerful that is and how we don't even realize how those stories like impact our whole lives and really prevent us from allowing ourselves to be who we want to (laughs) be. Yes. Yes. Totally, totally resonates. And you're right. It did shift from being like, I made this decision and maybe I'm not that proud of it, or I would make a different decision in the future to 
I am this decision and I am bad. Right. And to anyone who's listening, who is struggling consciously or unconsciously with something that maybe you're not proud of, maybe like a way of living that you weren't proud of, or Mm -hmm. something that you did, a decision that you made, you are not that thing. You are not that thing. Don't cancel yourself. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, this is another conversation, but I hate cancel culture for this reason Same. because to cancel people for having a point of view or making a decision that is quote unquote bad is so narrow sighted. It's so mm. like narrow minded. It's, mm-hmm. it's not taking into account the complexity of the human experience and the fact that we can have contradicting opinions, we can have contradicting experiences. We, this journey is not linear, right? Like Mm -hmm. we are constantly going to go through phases and ups and downs in life. And same thing with me being vegan at one point and thinking that that was the end all be all to nutrition and health. And then me realizing four years later, like, okay, maybe that's not the end all be all for me. And just not you know, um, locking yourself down, you can take Mm. off the handcuffs, you know, you don't have to be locked down by that decision for the rest of your life. You are so worthy of love and abundance and respect and connection and all the things that you want moving forward in your life. And you don't have to be beholden to what you did in the past. Yes. So powerful. And I will add on to that, that you're worthy just by being alive, right? Yeah. Like some people like are like, oh, well, Noel, like you can say that, but like, I got to do X, Y, Z in order to be worthy of all these things. Right. Like, no, like you just being a human in this world makes you worthy of having all that. Yeah. Like you existing is enough. It's enough. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to demonize as you put, like we don't have to demonize people learning and growing and changing their minds or knowing better and then doing better. It's like, you're allowed to grow. Yeah. Why is it wrong? (laughs) Exactly. Can we normalize growing? (laughs) Can we normalize changing your mind? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Really amazing. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, Well, I know we're coming up on time here, but I wanted to make sure we get our last question in, which is what does being fully expressed mean to you? I've been thinking about this question so much for the past few days, just knowing the name of your podcast and everything. And I think that it comes back to one of our first topics that we discussed, which living fully expressed to me is, first of all, I don't think it's something that you can ever do fully forever at all times. Carl Jung has a quote that I'm going to butcher, but it's something like that this journey, enlightenment isn't a point to reach. This is a journey of constantly unfolding into wholeness. Mm. And I like that imagery because I think of it as like a crumpled up piece of paper and we're like always in the process of smoothing out the wrinkles and then if we get to the point of maybe smoothing out all the wrinkles, we realize the paper's actually folded in half and we have to open up, <laughs> and, you know, unfold the paper. And 
it's always a process of unfolding into wholeness. And so I don't think that it's ever something that is going to be fully achieved for the rest of life. But I think that the way to inch closer and closer to it and the best way to live as fully expressed as you can is to learn the language, learn your soul's language and tap in and use your tools and connect to your body and connect to your subconscious through the journaling, through the movement of your body, through um, connection to spirit of some sort, whatever you believe in. Because once you listen, you can start trusting that voice and you can start acting in accordance and alignment with what is inside. And through that, we can live in our fullest expression. Mm. Oh, so good. I, yeah, what I heard in that is that your fullest expression actually starts with you listening to yourself first, yes. which I think we said a lot throughout this, but it's such an important uh, lesson that I know that I had to learn and you had to learn. And I'm sure yeah. so many people are still learning. Um, wow. I, there's just so many juicy, great things from our conversation today. We could have talked all day. I'm sure yeah, we could have. <laughs> but thank you so much for joining me, Noel. Where can people find you, support you, get a consult with you, all the things? Yeah. So right now, the best place to find me is on Instagram. I am Noel underscore Mejia. No, I'm not. I'm Noelle. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> don't listen to that. I'm Noelle underscore M as in Mary. So that's N-O-E-L-L-E underscore M. And the link to book with me is in my bio. You can also get a taste for who I am and what I believe in on my page through my content. And if you're interested in a consultation, I would be honored and happy to speak with you. Amazing. Thank you so much. I loved having you here. Thank this you. This was so here. much fun. Thank you so much, Christina. <laughs> Hope to talk to you soon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to the Fully Expressed Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Roland. If you loved what you listened to today, please leave us a review and share this episode with a friend. Who in your life could benefit from hearing in this conversation? I'd be honored if you shared it with them. If you want updates on what I'm doing on podcast episodes, on events I'm hosting, on different coaching opportunities that I have, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Stina, S-T-I-N-A, E, and then Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D. I post everything on there, quickest way to find out what's going on. Also, I love connecting with you all, so please feel free to send me a message, and let's create this community of fully expressed people in the world. Sending y'all love.